Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvik. Kurt Sandvik, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about something that I absolutely love to talk about, haunted real estate. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. Don't skip ahead. It takes less than a minute. Shout-outs going out to all the patrons. You can go over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac for more stuff, including... Paranormal field trips. That's right. I'm doing paranormal field trips. In fact, I got a new gadget, patrons. Hold on. Let me pump it up here so you can hear it this time. There is no doubt that you'll be able to hear my spirit box now. Jesus Christ, it's loud. I can even turn it down now, thankfully. Is there anybody here with me? If so, what's your name? What was your name? Can you say your name again? Can you say my name? All right, well, you get the idea. Uh, so I've got a cool little speaker that actually plugs into my spirit box now. Sorry for everybody that was like, Jesus Christ, that was loud and having to skip ahead. I'll, I'll lower the volume when, before I actually release it because it was freaking loud. But I've got a, a little speaker for the uh, the spirit box because for those patrons that, uh, for those people that are patrons, I did a paranormal field trip to the Pasadena Suicide Bridge. And while on the, or under technically, the Pasadena Suicide Bridge, my buddy Sean Bishop and myself uh, decided to do a little spirit box chat up, and we got a response, a clear named response. The problem was I didn't have this funky, cool little speaker. We're underneath a bridge, which is underneath a freeway, basically, so you couldn't hear it. So I was like, nope, never again. Well, I'm, am I going to do the spirit box and have a chance for you guys to, you know, not hear it? Like, if I... If a ghost is going to take the time to chat with me, I better make sure that you guys can at least hear what the ghost is trying to say. So, I've got that going for me. But if you want to check that out, go over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. Sign up. Like I said, there's more paranormal field trips coming up. But here's a shout-out to all the patrons. Shout-outs to Matthew, Sandy, Kelly, Kelly Joe, and Scott, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass Magic Robot Webcomic, Lionel, Sandy, Paige, Kyle, Sean, Andrew, Tasha, Scott, Andrea, Devin, Melody, Ricardo, Vicky, Christopher, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Michael, Terminal Animal, Alicia, Becca, Jen, Elizabeth, Voidtech, Sherry, Art, Meffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Paul, Ricardo, Ian, Jen, Alexandra, George, Connie, Seth, Jason, Cindy, Kim, Ashley, what's that? Loki, Carrie, Ezra, Robin, Will, Lauren and Phil Mangano, Russell, Donald, April, Seth, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, 
Cindy, Bob, the Sean Bishop. Hey, howdy, hi. Stacy, Paula, Jerry, Leo, Scostin, Lindsey Hahn, Megan, Matt, Aaron, Amy, Jeff T, Harley, Suzanne, Joe, Lawrence, Melissa, the Lauren Strawn. Hey, howdy, hi. Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark, Manning, Carolyn, Martin, Jade, Nanashi, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Juliana, Dan, Laura Pitts, and GamerFan. With special shout-outs, as always, to Joe Teague and a Stitch. All right, hopefully you guys didn't skip that because I actually talked about something fun and cool, and if you just kind of like skipped ahead thinking I'm just going to mention a bunch of names and that's going to be the end of it, no, there was more to it. See, you got you can't skip ahead. There's all kinds of cool stuff. All righty, let's get right on in to Paranormal News because I want to get to a lot of this stuff. I just want to get into this episode. I'm like very excited about this episode. There was this one night we were out in the field and suddenly there was this incredibly bright light descending from the sky. Next thing we knew, we were in this big white room and standing in front of me was this slimy two-legged creature with these wide lizard-like eyes across its face. Across its face. Across its face. Across its face. I say it every time, and it's nothing but the truth. I love that one. If you guys have your own Paranormal News bumper music or even a theme song for Paranormal Almanac, send them on over to paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. All right, the first story in Paranormal News, shots fired at Mammoth Cave over an alleged Bigfoot sighting. Now, I thought this was an actual old story, but it's been brought around in the news again. And they said that a couple in Kentucky were forced to cut their camping trip short after they encountered a gun-toning man who was apparently searching for Sasquatch and shooting into the woods. Say it along with me. Don't fucking shoot, Bigfoot. I got a shirt. I got a bunch of shirts that say that, buddy. Come on. The bizarre incident reportedly occurred this past weekend as Brad Jinn and Madeline Durand were enjoying some time at the Mammoth Cave National Park. Again, I think this happened in 2019, but it's being said that it's new, so I'm going to keep, I'm just going to roll with it. They, uh, they informed the, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Just, uh, let me go on to it. Let me get to it. So, actually, let me play the video. ...of the night to strange noises and were met with a man saying something destroyed his campsite. But they said that it was also Bigfoot country, which seemed a little weird that they would say that. The individual then informed them that they were searching for whatever destroyed their campsite and warned them to be careful. He said, like, I hope you have weapons, and then he, like, flashed his gun at us. He was like, I have this, so if anything happens to you, then just yell and I'll come. The two decided to head back to their tent, but when moments later they heard gunshots, the couple dialed 911 and met up with park rangers at their car five miles away. So Mammoth Cave National Park law enforcement rangers responded to a reporting of an individual with a firearm at one of our backcountry campsites in the early, early morning hours of Sunday, July 28th. The yeah, rangers made contact with all the parties involved. It is an ongoing investigation at this time. Mammoth Cave mm. would like the public to know that there is no threat to the park at this time and it is safe to go and visit. Except for the crazy man that was shooting at random things. Yeah, I, I'm positive that this is actually an old story that's just making the rounds again. If I remember correctly, it happened in 2019, but 
like I said, it's making the rounds again, so I wanted to put it out there. Plus, you get to listen to someone else's voice besides me, and, you know, that's always a good thing. All right, up next in paranormal news, one that is new, Weird Discovery. Oh, they're getting clever with the title, Weird Discovery. Mysterious five-mile-long UFO on Google Maps could be lost city of Atlantis, bonkers conspiracy theorists claim. All right, this has actually been going around for, well, this spotting on Google Maps has been going around for a little while. It's a circle on the ocean floor that has been discovered on Google Maps, and they a, an alien hunting conspiracy theorist saw it, and this one came out two days ago, and he claims that this five-mile-long UFO in the middle of the sea, <clears throat> pardon me, this guy's named Scott C. Waring, he said that this disc-like dome shape spotted near Peru is the right size and shape to be the lost city of Atlantis. Since I just did an episode about Atlantis, I was like, well, that's his apropos. Let's, let's throw this in here. He says, I've long believed it to be an alien ship that was floating on the ocean, then later submerged, he wrote on his sketchy blog, UFO Sightings Daily. Don't worry, I'm going to click on that in a second. These self-proclaimed ufologists think it's proof of alien of ancient aliens and said their technology is just sitting there on the bottom of the ocean. Using digital rulers, he reckons that the perfect circle is about five miles wide. The dubious spotting was noted just off the Nazca Desert in southern Peru. Huh, that's kind of cool. All right, let's click on his, his sighting, Ooh, or his website here. It's uh, got a lot going on. He says UFO sighting daily is seen on all sorts of things and heard about on this very podcast. The five mile, yep, yep, there's first story is this sighting just off of Peru. It is interesting. It's something that's round. It's on the bottom of the ocean floor. People thought it's been a UFO for a while. Now he's saying, no, no, it's just, it's Atlantis. Let's see, UFO near explosions in Ukraine as Russian armies attack towns. First of all, fuck Russia. But let's click on that one and let's see. No, that is not a UFO. The video was taken from inside Ukraine from an apartment window as explosions were heard. I can hear the man say several times, is it a drone? It's a drone. I'm not even going to continue on, and I'm clicking off of this website before people get too angry with me. But I don't care. You can get angry with me. Fuck Russia. I stand strong with Ukraine. All right, up next in paranormal news, UFO expert absolutely floored by revelation from Obama Library. Now, there's actually been an update since this came out, and it came out two days ago. And it says it's going to take a while, basically, for this stuff to actually get out. But a leading researcher in government secrets says he may have found the jackpot of documents on potential extraterrestrial encounters. Gene Greenwald Jr., who operates the Black Vault, who I've reached out to before, and I want to reach out again. I really want to get him on the show. It's uh, Which is a website dedicated to revealing declassified government documents obtained via Freedom of Information Act requests says he asked the Barack Obama Presidential Library for anything it has on UFOs and related phenomena. What he got back left him, quote, absolutely floored. Dear John Greenwald Jr., the letter says, this letter is in response to your Freedom of Information Act request dated January 23rd, 2022, for access to the Barack Obama Presidential Records pertaining to documents and communications about the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program and photos and videos of unidentified flying objects unidentified aerial phenomena, and the Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Application Program. Boy, that's a lot of words. That's like S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, from Marvel. The Barack Presidential Library received a request, and they're processing and reviews for access under provision of the 1977, eh, blah, 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 let's keep going. We have performed a search for our collections for the presidential records related to your request, 
and have identified, here comes the good stuff, approximately 3,440 pages and 26,271 electronic files of potentially responsive records that must be processed in order to respond to your request. Please keep in mind these totals are an estimate and that all material processed may not be applicable to your specific topic. The staff, the Brock, oh, it's in it, blah, blah, blah. It's all awesome. Here you go. It's all great. So what that means, well, it keeps going. Let me read this, the rest of the story first. Unfortunately, Greenwald won't get to see any of these documents and electronic files anytime soon. In a follow-up tweet, he wrote that the library won't let him view any documents in person and estimated it would take 16 years to fulfill his request. There we go. That's what I was just going to say. It took the wind right out of my sails of excitement, he wrote on Twitter. He's the author of several books, blah, blah, blah. It's all right. It's fine. But basically, there are a crap ton of documents that could potentially be related to everything I just said. Basically, UFOs, you, you know, UAPs. 3,440 pages and 26,271 electronic files that are potentially connected to it. But it's going to take a long time before it gets just dumped, released, unfortunately. But it's a step in the right direction. And people doing stuff like that, which is just basically doing freedom of information requests, just asking for this. Legally, the government have to respond to these freedom of information requests. Doesn't hurt to ask. Ask a billion ones. As long as you have the wording just right, you may potentially, potentially get something back That'll be useful, something new, something about UFOs or whatever topic you're looking for, but primarily UFOs. You may get something back that is potentially new and groundbreaking. And it's going to be stuff like this that's going to lead to disclosure. All righty, up next in paranormal news. Netflix reportedly acquires film based on the notorious Indiana Demon House exorcism. If you guys don't know this story, go back and listen to this episode because... It's just an insanely cool story. And go back and listen to some of the live episodes because there's connections to actual paramaniacs to this story. So Netflix has purchased the right to a horror film based on the supposed demonic possession of a Gary family first shared with Indie Star in 2014, according to a Deadline report. Lee Daniels is set to direct the film based on the well-known case of Latoya Ammons, 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 Andra Day, who played Holiday in Daniel's biopic, is slated to play a character based on Ammons with Octavia Spencer and Glenn Close in supporting roles. Uh, Daniel, who also wrote the script, will also produce. It's a fictional thriller based on the story, similar to the processes behind the Amityville horror, The Exorcist, and The Conjuring. Spoiler, The Conjuring will be brought up in this episode later. Here's a quick, brief synopsis of that story. Beginning in 2011, Ammons reported a number of supernatural occurrences, including her children levitating, walking backwards up a wall, and speaking in unnatural voices to Gary authorities. A police captain, a nurse, and an Indiana Department of Child Service caseworker witnessed several of the strange incidents. And the Ammons family, Ammons family, it's so hard to say, not say Adams family, eventually performed a series of rituals in an attempt to rid her home of supposed demons. Eventually, a Maryville priest performed an exorcism on her and her family. There's the connection to the paramaniac. Uh, let's see that the house was subject to numerous media reports in a 2018 documentary called Demon House. The house was just demolished in 2016 as part of the documentary's filming. So, yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. I'm excited to see it. 
Hopefully, they'll let me go to a screening of it because, I've, like I said, I've done an episode about it. If you don't know that episode, go find it. It's a freaking great episode, if I do say so myself, because of the content alone. Besides the fact that the person who's, you know, telling you the story, i.e. me, is, you know, you know, is cool too, I guess. Kind of. All righty, up next in Paranormal News. Here's a kind of debunk for a paranormal news. I thought it was kind of cool. Fact check. No exorcism in the house that survived Hurricane Ike in Texas. The claim was only one house survived Hurricane Ike on one block, and an exorcism once happened there. Now, this uh, Hurricane Ike actually happened back in 2008, but this is an update to it because for a while there, I never saw it, but apparently it was really out there. There was only one house that survived Hurricane Ike in nearby Gilchrist. Gilchrist? Um, Gilchrist. One house seemingly stood alone. For years, social media users have connected this to an exorcism that supposedly took place in this house years before. After Hurricane Ike hit Houston, Texas in 2008, the, height, the house that was left standing while everything else was demolished is the same house where an exorcism took place 10 years prior, and hence an urban legend was born. The, uh, they go on to say that similar version of this claim gathered thousands more likes, um, and there's just like tons of people liking it and sharing it and spreading this disinformation. They said the photo might be genuine of the house, but the backstory is not. There was no exorcism in this house in 1998 because it wasn't built until 2005. That's right. Very simple things you can check before you spread this kind of crappy disinformation. They said the house left standing was the home of Pam and Warren Adams, who built the place in 2005. So there you go. There's your little fact check of it. Um, they go on to say a whole hell of a lot more about Hurricane Ike, but the important part was the exorcism house, which was not true. So like I said, a, a rare debunking in paranormal news. All righty, up next in paranormal news, man convinced he spotted a UFO hovering over the Arctic Ocean on Google Earth. Uh, to me, it looks like a bird flapping its wings, but Edward Jones, uh, oh crap, Edward Jones, there we go, that's his name, was thrilled to spot what he thought looked like an otherworldly UFO, as opposed to our-worldly UFOs, off the coast of the Nor Norwegian archipelago of Svalbard. But others weren't as convinced. Let's see, he was confused when he spotted the mysterious figure hovering over the coast of the Norwegian archipelago of Svalbard. Uh, he claims to have spotted UFOs in the past. He shares his findings on Facebook, but uh, let's see. People made all sorts of fun and weird claims like it was actually Jesus, Michael Jackson, Star Wars spaceship, a passing seagull. Kurt thinks it's a passing seagull. But he goes, no, none of those look like something from this earth. Yes, it does. It looks like a seagull flying, flapping its wings. He said, I was just being nosy. I'd like to go to Google Earth and look around different locations that you're never going to see in real life. Well, that's sad. You can go see them. He says, I'm a big, big believer in UFOs. I've seen many. I've seen a few with my own eyes. I couldn't say what it was. The way it was flying, it's sort of vertical, not horizontal like a plane. But, uh, yeah, I looked at it. It's a bird. Sorry, dude. It's a bird. All right, and finally in paranormal news. Americans would live in haunted houses just to afford their dream homes. Hey, this episode's about haunted houses. Hey, it's kind of tying into this episode. Funny how that happens. 
The uh, article says these days Americans are willing to have roommates to afford their dream homes, even if those roomies are dead. Apparently, people aren't all that scared of living with ghosts if it means they'll they'll if it means they'll land their dream home. New data from Realtor.com reveals that 30% of Americans tested, quoted, whatever, would reside among the paranormal if it would lead to an affordable property of their choosing. Even more, Realtors' annual Halloween survey, there we go, surveyed, found that 20% of Americans wouldn't mind living in a home where a murder took place. Neither would I. I don't care. I mean, clean up the body before I move in, but besides that, I don't care. Only 17% would live in a haunted house, but that number jumps to 46% if they're able to get that house at a significantly discounted rate. Take, for example, the Charles Manson murder home, which sold at the discounted price of $1.8 million in June. More spooky data shows that people will even tolerate spine-tingling, spine-chilling neighbors with 30% saying they'd live next to a cemetery. Fun fact, when I first moved out to California, uh, the condo that we were renting, my, my roommates and I, was adjacent to a cemetery. It was awesome. Quiet neighbors. I had no problems, no ghosts, no nothing. It was just quiet. I highly recommend living next to a cemetery. 25% revealed that they would live next door to a haunted house. Sure, who gives a shit if it's next door? They say in today's ultra-competitive housing market, buyers are looking for a break. The, ma the majority of them are willing to consider homes that are rumored to be haunted, especially if they can get those properties at a discount. Nearly half of those surveyed would live in a haunted house if they can get a decent discount, which to many buyers is more than half off the market price. Hell yeah, I would. Let's see. It goes on to say only a few states require sellers to inform house hunters if, something, if someone died on the property. Some people who find themselves living in a home they believe to be haunted turn to specialists like paranormal investigators, spiritual leaders, and even church-sanctioned religious leaders. Two in five Americans believe demons exist, and a similar percentage say the same about ghosts. Well, two in five, that's actually higher than I thought it would be for demons. Ghosts, yeah, but demons, that's surprising. Well, I guess if you go like the religious route of, you know, religious people definitely believe that uh, the demons are real. But yeah, there you go. So before I even get to this episode, what do you guys, what do you guys think? Would you live in a haunted house if it means you can get a sweet discount on that house? Because... I would. I'd do it in a heartbeat. If I could afford a house, yeah. I mean, it'd have to be a good house. I wouldn't just get any house. You know, would I live in a murder house? Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, if, it, if I can get it cheap enough, why the hell not? All righty, before I go to break, let me talk to you guys about tpublic.com, T-E-E-Public.com slash store slash Paranormal Almanac, or just search for Paranormal Almanac T-Public in Google. It'll bring it right up, but... There are dozens, maybe. I'm, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch. I don't know if it's 24 or not, but there are a bunch of shirts that have just dropped. Let's see. Let's see. Let's count the shirts. Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen. Oh yeah, there's dozens. There's there's more than 24. Why wow, it keeps going? Um, there's a whole lot of new shirts, a new merch too. I know people are like, well, I don't want a shirt. Well, you don't have to get it in just a shirt because you can get it as a sticker, a hoodie, a kid's t-shirt, a little kid's uh, onesie, a mug, a mask, all kinds of crazy cool stuff, including wall art, pillows, totes, tapestries, pins, you name it. There's a bunch of brand new cool merch. And I got to say it myself, not just because I'm the one who designed the shirts, but because... These are shirts that I would wear. 
There's a ton of new merch right out there um, at tpublic.com slash user slash paranormal dash almanac. Check it out. Check it out. See what you think. Uh, I love it. I just got my first shirt from it. Um, when was that? Yesterday? The day before? So I'm buying my own merch because I love it. But trust me, I'm buying. I'm going to be buying at least one shirt a month because I'm going to start just rocking my own merch 24-7 if I get to it. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after these messages. We are back. All righty, on this edition, I figured let's mix it up a little bit. You know, look, I'll get to part two of Werewolf soon. Don't worry, I'm not going to leave that dangling. You know, you said it was part one. Where's part two? Part two's coming. I'll even give you a little spoiler. Part two will be called How Wolves because part one was called Werewolves. It'll be, it'll look great somewhere later on when I actually put upload it. But part two of the Werewolves episode is coming soon. Don't worry, but let's do something that I love. Let's talk about haunted real estate. I love haunted real estate. That's right. Everything on this episode is for sale now and haunted. Hell, I even made a shirt for this very episode that is up on Tee Public that I was just talking about before the break. There is a haunted real estate shirt that just kind of cracked me up. You don't have to buy it, but if you'd like to, that'd be great. What more do you need is what I'm saying. I will say that haunted no longer means you can get the place dirt cheap, as you heard about in Paranormal News, because I can't afford anything on this episode but maybe you can, then you can invite me over to do a live episode from a known haunted location. Look, tell your realtor you heard it here first so I can get a cut or like a cut of the profits or a shirt or a fridge magnet or a thank you card. I don't know, something is what I'm saying. Now, the first one is the only one on this edition that is actually pending sale. Hasn't sold yet. It's pending sale. So it gets to be on this edition. It's 1677 Round Top Road, Burlville, Rhode Island. And yes, I've talked about this one before. I've talked about this house before. I talked about this house in Paranormal News. But there was no way I could leave it off this list. No way I could leave it off this episode even. For only $1 million, this three-bedroom, two-bathroom house can be yours. It's also... The site of The Conjuring. That's right. The Conjuring house is still pending sale. Hasn't sold yet. Which, hopefully you know what The Conjuring is. The story, the movie, whatever. There's been a bunch of movies now, but you know what I'm talking about. The story is everything. It's got a ghost named Bathsheba Sherman. It has the Warrens. The Warrens that went to investigate good old Bathsheba. It's a paranormal B&B right now. And, and like I said, it's pending, but if you could afford to make a better offer, you might just get one of the most haunted houses in America as your very own because weird crap is still going on there. And I'm talking everything paranormal you can think of. Shadow figures, odd balls or bright lights or bright streaks of lights. They don't sound like orbs. They sound like flashes of lights with no source. I guess it's the best way of saying it. No source, no cause. Uh, voices, creepy kids' voices, footsteps, knocking, things moving, you name it. If it's paranormal and a ghost can do it, it's being done here. I got to say it would be cool to own a 200-year-old haunted farmhouse, but 
There is no way in hell I'm going to live there alone and definitely no way I'm going down into that spooky-ass basement that's here. But once again, it's 1677 Round Top Road, Burlville, Rhode Island, so you can go and take a look at the house. If you just Google Conjuring House for Sale, you'll find a bunch of photos. It looks like a creepy 200-year-old haunted farmhouse right there. Alrighty, up next we have 138 East Fulton Street, Canton, Mississippi. Now this house features features four bedrooms, four full baths, a formal dining room, music room, parlor, library, office, sleeping porch. Uh, Kurt here, I'm from the north. What the hell is a sleeping porch? Is it just a porch? Or are you supposed to go out and sleep on it? I don't, I don't know that one. But it also has a pool. I know what that is. A terrace and a greenhouse. The price? $938,000. All prices are in American currency, by the way. Uh, also, don't reach out to me if you want to buy one of these. I will take your money and buy the place myself. Uh, it's known as the Priestley House. It was built by Dr. James Priestley in 1852, who lived there with his wife, Susan, until they both died, you know, years later in the house. Now, past owners throughout the years have reported several weird things, such as hot spots, objects like candles falling for no apparent reason, the piano playing on its own, not a player piano, not a radio, the piano playing clearly on its own. I like that one. That's want to make sure that that gets the gravitas it deserves because, yeah, so skeptics will say, oh, well, a radio turned on by itself. Well, you didn't, uh, you know, you didn't have it turned off all the way and it was electrical surge. It was just enough to make a connection and that's why the radio, this is a freaking piano playing on its own. What else is seen here is the ghostly figure of a woman. She spotted in the doorway, doorway, Owner Frankie McMillan says, I did not believe in ghosts before I moved here. I thought they were silly. And it took me a while living here to finally admit that I believe it. They go on to, uh, Frankie goes on to say, I came in the upstairs bedroom one day, one night, to cut that closet light, basically turn it off. And I cut the light off, turned around. I was going back towards my bedroom, and she was standing near, standing near the doorway. And I just kind of stopped for a second, kind of scared me. Then I kind of skirted around her, and I went and got back into my bed. Her being um, the wife, Susan, that died in the house forever ago. Um, That is the most calmest reaction possible to turning off a closet light and turning around and seeing a ghost. To being like, okay, I'm just going to walk, kind of walk around you. Everything's normal. I'm going to go back to bed. Close my door. Nothing happened. That is the calmest reaction to that. At the very least, are you telling me you didn't turn around and be like, holy shit? No? You're that cool? All right. Well, good on you, Frankie. Um, Frankie goes on to say, I was awake, and that piano was playing, and nobody was here. Uh, Candles will frequently fall from the holders, like I said earlier. People see or hear things all the time on the front porch, the grand staircase, and basically, once I started doing some research, just look all over the house all over the house. Now, here is another odd thing about this house, though. It's been on and off the market more than 20 times since 2013, with prices ranging from $699,000 to $1.1 million. 
Now they seem to have kind of kind of settled at 938,000, but what the hell is happening where this house is going on for sale and off sale 20 times since 2013? All righty, up next we have 744 Clay Street, Fort Townsend, Washington. The price, $1.5 million, but at least for this one, you get 11 bedrooms, 10 bathrooms, a library, a parlor, a sitting room, and more. In this 1889 house, look, it's gorgeous. If you picture like a haunted estate in your mind, like if you close your, don't close your eyes if you're driving, because I know a lot of people listen to this while you're driving. If you can close your eyes and not kill yourself, close your eyes for a second, picture a haunted estate. I guarantee it, this house will be a lot of what you're picturing. Uh, it's amazing. It's gorgeous. Once again, 744 Clay Street, Port Townsend, Washington. Go take a look at it when you get its chance. But uh, it was built in 1889 by George Sterrett for his wife, Anne. It's now set up as a B&B. And if the new owners keep it that way, I think it'd be high up on my list for a place to stay. Because again, it's just beautiful. Besides George and Anne, who are seen here all the freaking time, Tons of stories of seeing both George and Anne separately. You also have a very, very strict nanny ghost that's seen here. It's said that this was the nanny for George and uh, Anne's kids and also had died in the house. But she is known to have stayed on and scold the bed and breakfast guests. They say the nanny acts out by generating negative feelings, pushing cold drafts. Okay, so far, I don't really care about that. But then the next one, hitting people on the head, lifting pictures off the wall and throwing those pictures on the floor. Basically, all kinds of crazy, weird, paranormal stuff if the bed and breakfast guests get out of line, get unruly, swear, are unfriendly, or don't follow the rules. That's cool. I like that. All right, so all the basic uh, paranormal stuff is seen here and felt here as well. Lights turning on and off, footsteps, voices, things moving, cold spots, shadows, you name it, the basics. But uh, a very strict nanny ghost? That's got to be someone's fetish. There's got to be some guy out there whose kink is a very strict ghost and, or very strict nanny ghost. So if that's your kink, I'm not going to kink shame you. Head on over to 744 Clay Street, Port Townsend, Washington for a mere $1.5 million. You could own her. That's so weird to say. All right, up next is 562 Fifth Avenue, Troy, New York. For only $444,444, we can all agree that's a weird price, right? Like $444,444. I actually... After I wrote the outline for this, I was like, it's kind of just stuck in my craw. Like, that's a weird freaking price. So I checked online, and I found that number four is believed to be a perfect number by Pythagoreans. Uh, four represents stability, order, conscientiousness, conscientiousness, and determination. The four elements of the earth, air, fire, and water. Earth, oh, earth, air, fire, and water. I get it. The four elements, earth, air, fire, and water. The four seasons. The four points of the compass. The four phases of the moon. The four noble truths epitomized by Buddhism. Well, you get the idea. Um, so it's a weird price. But you get four bedrooms, two baths, 
a carriage house, and it's known as the Enslin Mansion. It was built in 1925. It was once a supper club. It actually sounds really kind of cool, too. It was a stopover for, like, film and TV stars back in the day that were trying to go, like, upstate New York or maybe, like, Catskills or whatever. But um, it was also a hangout. A regular known supper club hangout was a gangster. More on that in a minute. So it's an Airbnb right now with this on the listing. Don't worry, our ghosts are harmless. You probably won't see them, although many visitors do. That's kind of cool. So what have people seen here? Not four ghosts because, you know, four, four, four. Nope. How about nine different ghosts and counting, including the ghost of gangster John T. Legs Diamond. That's right. That gangster that was there all the time is still apparently there all the time. Also the ghost of the owner's family that lived, worked, and died there. It has also all the basic paranormal stuff there. Um, you know, you hear a lot about gangster ghosts. I was thinking about that, too. I was like, wonder why there's so many gangster ghosts. Is it the their violent lives or their violent deaths? Did this guy, like, get gunned down in here? No idea, but John T. John T. Diamond, or as he was better known, Legs Diamond, I got to hold on. I got to see a photo of this guy and see, was he just like a fan of women's legs or did he have nice legs or did he show his legs off all the time? Let's look it up. John, John Legs Diamond, Jack Legs Diamond, better known as Gentleman Jack, was an Irish American gangster in Philadelphia, New York City during the Prohibition era, a bootlegger and close associate of gambler, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Now I want to see about his death. Here we go. October 24th, 1924, he was shot and wounded by shotgun pellets after trying to hijack liquor trucks belonging to the crime syndicate. Oh, he didn't die, though. That was just an assassination attempt. Here we go. December 18th, 1931. Wow, he lived a long time after being shot a bunch of times. There's like six or seven uh, assassination attempts. Um, December 18th, 1931, his enemies finally caught up with him. He'd been staying in a rooming house in Albany, Albany, New York, while on trial in Troy, New York. Okay, that's where this place is. On kidnapping charges, that night, he and his family and friends were at a restaurant. Ooh, it doesn't say where. He went to visit his mistress, Marion Kiki Roberts, at 4.30 a.m., went back to the rooming house and passed out on his bed. Two gunmen entered around, entered his room around an hour later. One held uh, Diamond down while the other shot him three times in the back of the head. Holy crap. Uh, but it doesn't say if this is the location, but it all kind of connects. It really does. Wouldn't surprise me if he got killed either at or very near 562 Fifth Avenue, Troy, New York. How many times did he get shoot, shot in the back of the head? Three times? Yeah, three times in the back. Of, so it wasn't four times. That would have been really cool if he was shot four times in the back of the head. All right, so that's a crazy cool one with a gangster connection. Up next, we have 1552 Monterey Place, Mobile, Al Mobile Alabama. Uh, for for only $995,000. That's $995,000. You get six beds, five baths, and an absolutely gorgeous home. It's called the Shepherd House or the Kate Shepherd House Bed and Breakfast. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places. It was built in 1897. It was once a schoolhouse uh, back up until like 1952. The home's current residence, Wendy James, who has owned the property for 18 years, told local TV station WKRG News 5 that she and her husband shared the house with a ghost. It's not just any ghost. 
It's a freaking kid's ghost, which, as you know, kid's ghosts are the worst. The absolute scariest ghost you can imagine. But over the years, several guests have asked about a little girl running around the hallways, even though there are no children living or staying there at the time, and it's been happening for years. They see the same little girl. She looks solid. She doesn't look like a ghost. She just looks like a little girl running around, but there are no little girls. Guests staying in Kate's sister's Isabel's room have reported seeing the apparition of a little girl and of Isabel herself. Now, they recognize Isabel because of photos at the house. Now, Isabel did die in that room, so I'd say, yeah, it's a good guess as to who the woman ghost is in that room that looks a lot like the photo of Isabel, but yeah, two ghosts so far. Uh, another interesting thing about this house, you might know this house because of the discovery of the McRae papers in the attic, which were a collection of Civil War documents. It was in the news around the world, like around the world. And they also, it was also um, brought up on HGTV's If Walls Could Talk. It was really interesting. They went up in the attic and they found a collection of 2,500 unknown Civil War documents. That's cool. Alrighty, let's get international for a second. Let's head on over to Hampton Court Road, East Molesley. Uh, it's in the UK. It's a five-bedroom, two-bath building, castle, house, whatever you want to call it. Nah, it's not a castle. It's a big estate built in 1885. And for only 1.75 million pounds or 2.5 million US dollars, you could own this house. It's most notably known as the former home of Michael Faraday. Who? Well, hopefully you recognize the last name Faraday. He was an English scientist who contributed to the study of electromagnetism and electrochemistry. His main discoveries include the principle underlying electromagnetic induction, diamagnetism, and electrolysis. Look, basically, this is the guy that created the Faraday cage, which hopefully you recognize that term because it's used for all sorts of things, but for this show, or paranormal reasons, it's used as an explanation for possible paranormal activity. You could walk into a place, if it's a Faraday cage, there's a lot of electric fields around you. It's going to give you that off-sense or off-kilter kind of feeling or the feeling of being watched or like a paranoid feeling. But a Faraday cage is also, I'll say is, but may also be used in time travel. Because I did a whole episode about time travel and Faraday cages were mentioned. They were saying like you need a Faraday cage to protect you during time travel. And a bunch of different quote-unquote time travelers, if you believe that they're really time travelers, have said the common thing that all of them basically say with their technology is you need a Faraday cage to protect you during time travel. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, let's get back to this house. All right, let me read you this real quick, or some of this real quick. It's the listing, basically. Inside the spooky $2 million, $2 million pound house for sale across the road from one of Southwest London's most haunted locations. Let's see. Let's get to it. Are you all about ghost tours, scary movies, and haunted houses? Well, this property in southwest London is sure to give you the fright of your life. It may be located in the suburbs of East Molesley. Molesey. I know I'm getting that wrong. I'm sorry. But don't be fooled because there's plenty of haunted history to be uncovered. Dating back to the 1700s, this grade two, grade two listed five-bedroom terrace has had centuries to build up a lifetime of spookiness. It's... Um, 
It's also situated moments from Hampton Court Palace. And not only is the palace a breathtaking place to spend a Sunday afternoon, it's also rumored to be haunted by the ghost of two very famous ladies. Yes, two of King Henry VIII's six wives are thought to still haunt the place they once called home. His third wife, Jane Seymour, not Dr. Quinn, who died after giving birth in 1537, and his fifth wife, Catherine Howard, who was executed in 1542. But the Faraday House has ghosts of its own. Uh, it's, uh, they go down and talk about um, a bunch. Eh, it doesn't, the rest of it doesn't matter. Basically, ghosts are seen here as well. So, you know, there you go. If you got the money, you want to you wanna live in a haunted location, I'd say that's the place to be. But let's keep, uh, let's stay in the UK for a second. Let's go over to the Earl Shawl Castle in Fife, United Kingdom. The price on this one? Well... Price is given a prom upon approved application, or as I like to call it, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Uh, let me see. Let me read you some of the specs from this one. Uh, this one, it's first of all, the first photo is absolutely stunning. It's gorgeous. It's uh, Earlshall Castle, twenty-one point four five hectares, fifty-three acres. It features eight reception rooms, 10 bedrooms, two dressing rooms, six bathrooms, three cottages, outbuildings, five-car garage, magnificent walled garden. Yeah, it is. Parkland and Policy, Parkland and Policy Woodlands. I don't know what that means. About 53 acres in all. One of the best-kept 16th century houses in Scotland. Beautiful, re Beautifully restored by Sir Robert Lorimer. World-famous walled gardens. They talk about Mary Queen of Scots being here in 1561. Sir Andrew the Bloody Bruce was the most notorious baron of Earlshall. He was there as well. His uh, castle was inherited by the Hendersons, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to the good stuff. Basically, look, a lot of history and weird shit happened here. Too much stuff to actually go into. But it's 34 acres of land. It's a historical property. It's believed to have taken its name from the site of a hunting lodge, which was once owned by the ancient Earl of Fife, relatives of Bruce, of Robert the Bruce, King of Scotland. It's reportedly haunted by Sir William Bruce, or one of his descendants, Andrew Bruce, or more. A number of phantom ghosts have been seen here. A phantom figure is frequently seen in the bedroom formerly used by Andrew Bruce, and heavy footsteps are often heard on the footsteps, or on the staircase, sorry. Footsteps are heard on the staircase. However, that's not the only ghost figure seen floating about the castle. There have been sightings of a servant girl and another figure who patrols the spiral staircase at night, heard and seen often. Constructed in 1546, got 10 bedrooms, blah, blah, blah. I already told you all that fun stuff. Here we go. Earl Shaw Castle is currently available with Seville's and although the price is available on application, the property last went on the market in 2016 for $6.7 million American. So, yeah, spooky and probably pretty damned expensive, but it is a gorgeous, freaking haunted castle with crazy Edward Scissorhand-type topiaries outside in the gardens. Look, if it comes furnished, You'll have more swords than you or an army will ever need, so that's kind of neat. And if you want to play a fun drinking game, you know, look it up online and take a shot for every sword that you see. You'll be fine for, like, the first few slides and really confident and be like, Kurt, this is easy. But then you're going to hit one slide, bam, 
24 swords in this one picture alone. So good luck. Don't get alcohol poisoning and blame me on that. I'm not telling you have to do it. I'm saying if you would like to do that that drinking game, it's there. But how often are you going to get a crazy cool castle that's like the best, most preserved 16th century castle in Scotland? Like, that's crazy cool. All righty, but we got to keep moving on. Let's go back to America to the George Champlin Mason House in Rhode Island. It's at 31 Old Beach Road, Newport, Rhode Island. 12 bedrooms, 13 baths, built in 1873, can be yours for a mere $4.5 million. It was built by noted architect George Champlin Mason for himself back in 1873. He died in it in 1894, but he's still seen there to this day. It's a bed and breakfast also. Man, maybe I should have just called this you know, episode Only Haunted B&Bs for Sale. Uh, recent owners Brian Handley and Nicholas Wayne Juan, who've lived in the house for 15 years, said they would see George arriving home on occasion. They also heard a woman's voice, a woman giggling, shadows, things moving on their own, and smelled cigarettes at 2 a.m. often. All right, let me read you a quick bit from this one. Scones and Ghosts, classic Victorian bed and breakfast, offers a dash of paranormal activity. If a home buyer desires quality, a listing agent in Rhode Island recommends homes that architects build for themselves. They build them so well, and they build so many homes that a lot of their thought and design process has been refined. Hence, this house, on the market for $4.5 million. George Champlin Mason built this gorgeous home for himself back in 1873, 12-bedroom, 13-bath, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. You could literally walk in and you're good to go. Bring your toothbrush. This house is in perfect standing. It is a beautiful house, I got to say. It's just gorgeous. The woodwork is beautiful. Um, here we go. There's a caretaker's quarter with a gourmet kitchen just for the use of the owners with a private bath and separate entrance. Uh, in total, the house is 23, 23. Oh, good Lord, Kurt. In total, the house has 23 rooms all of which have been restored with period pieces and finishing a welcoming library with a wood fireplace and a metal and a curved metal lamp mantle. All right, whatever. doesn't matter. Uh, they said that uh, we've seen George C. Mason arriving home from his day, a lady of the house in Victorian attire descending the stairs, a nanny with a baby in a nursery sitting in an Edwardian era chair and more. They've also smelled cigarettes at 2 a.m. in the servants' dining area, heard female servants giggling in the hall, and seen a lady sitting on the end of the bed in the master bedroom. Uh, that's a whole lot. That's so, yeah, there you go. That's, that's, that's the good stuff right there. It sounds to me like these aren't interactive ghosts. These are just, you know, things playing on a loop. And it wouldn't be surprising at all if I found out this house is built either on quartz or there's an underground water, like moving water underground this house, below this house. I bet money on it now that if you look up that that house, that three, 31 Old Beach Road in Newport, Rhode Island, you're going to find it's either built on quartz or there's some running water underneath it, like natural water, like a spring or underground river or whatever under it. Because residual hauntings, like the ones that they're talking about, where they're not interacting with a human are often associated with either quartz or moving water. Very cool. Finally, how about this possibly haunted one? I say possibly because it's a grain of salt one, but I wanted to add it on here in case it is actually haunted. It's a bit more pricey than the rest, 
Hold on. In fact, wait, wait one second. I want to, I'm going to, let's, let's do some math. All right. So we got, uh, from going from all of the houses above this one that I've just talked about four and a half million, let's guess 10 million for the one with no price. Uh, two and a half million, nine hundred ninety-five thousand, four hundred forty-four thousand, four hundred forty-four dollars, one point five million, nine hundred thirty-eight thousand, one million. Yeah, hell, even if that unpriced one that I just talked about—that you have to, ha- you know, be pre-qualified to know the price—even if that thing was forty million dollars, all of the houses added up together don't equal the cost of this next house for a measly. $60 million, you can own 450 Brickyard Road, Woodstock, Connecticut. It's nine bedrooms, 10 bathrooms. Holy crap, is it beautiful and amazing. It's a castle. It's a freaking castle with a moat, a drawbridge, 18,700 square feet of castle. It's got nine bedrooms, seven full bathrooms, three half bathrooms, 12 fireplaces, but... Here's where I'm calling bullshit or possible bullshit. I don't think this is really haunted. This one was built in 2010. Now, sure, maybe it's haunted because one of the antiques in the houses or in the castle is haunted, or maybe somebody brought something with them. So I know that just because it's a new building doesn't mean it can't be haunted. Who knows what was there before it? I get that. Hell, a Hallmark movie was filmed at the castle, like, in 2020, Music videos are filmed here. Uh, but here's where I'm calling it. I don't believe it. It's rumored to be haunted, but I can't find anything substantial or verifiable or specific. Just this castle is rumored to be haunted. They throw that out a lot because I think they want it. They want that feel, that vibe to it. So big time grain of salt to go along with your $60 million burning a hole in your pocket. But Even if it's not haunted and you want to live in Connecticut, this is the place to live. It's a gorgeous freaking castle, like cool old schooly Disney looking castle with the moat and a drawbridge and everything else. It's got enough shit going for it. It doesn't need to be haunted. But in case I'm wrong, because I don't know, I've never been there. Maybe it is haunted. I threw it on this list for a measly $60 million. And realtors, if One of my paramaniacs buys this one and say, hey, I heard about this one. I'm Paranormal Almanac. Just cut me off like 1% or half a percent or half of a half a percent of your commission on this one, and I'll call it a deal. I'll say, yep, that's cool. It works for me. Everything's good. So there you go. What do you guys think? Whole lot of bed and breakfast to stay at. If you guys want to just do like all haunted bed and breakfasts. Apparently there's a ton of them. Maybe that'll be something that'll be an episode I do in the future is all the bed and breakfasts you can stay at that are haunted. I know I've kind of talked about that in the past, but here's a lot more. Um, would you buy any of these? If you had the money, if you had, if you won the lotto tomorrow, would you buy any of these haunted houses or would you go like, nah, if I won the lotto, I don't need a haunted house. I'm going to get a non-haunted house and I'll go and visit the Conjuring House. I don't need to live there. I got to say, the Conjuring House one, for whatever reason, still the one that's uh, the spookiest on this list. And it's, you know, there's no reason for it. There's other spooky crap going on. I mean, there's kid ghosts in a few of these houses. So, 
you would think that it wouldn't really bother me, but for some reason it does, I got to say. But I would like to own like an actual proper castle over in Europe before I would own an American castle for $60 million. But that's just me. What do you guys think? Would you buy a haunted house? Not any of these necessarily, but if there was a house for, for sale in your area that was cheaper than the rest of the houses, still everything you need, checks off all the, the stuff, the bedrooms, the baths, whatever, the garage, whatever you need for it to be like your house that you want to buy, but it was haunted, would you buy a haunted house? Like I said earlier, shit, yeah, I don't care. If it gets me a good enough deal on a house... I can't afford a house. Housing prices are through the roof, especially here in L.A. You kidding me? If I can get a good deal on a house and I find out it's haunted, whatever. As long as it doesn't hurt me or my dog, fine with me. Or, and obviously, like, my friends that come over, fine with me. But if it's just because it's just I smell cigarettes at 2 a.m. or things move, I don't like the giggling part, but, like, or shadows. Like, there's a lot of stuff I can I can overlook I wouldn't like a little girl. I definitely wouldn't like going to turn off a light and turning around and there's just a woman standing right behind me. I sure as shit would be like, hey, what the fuck? Knock that off. I wouldn't just be like, oh, okay, cool. Let me walk around you. Everything's cool. Um, But that's just me. Hope you guys like this one because, I, again, I really like doing the haunted real estate. These are all for sale. Go out and buy them. If you can afford them all, go out and buy them and buy me a plane ticket to go and visit them because I want to see a bunch of these. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Samick, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. Sydney Vixie, I believe it's a little bit not.